The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio. This is the show where we uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, Kelly Sullivan Walden, and I am thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be with you today. Let me just give you all the stuff that you got to know before we just launch in and go completely wild. Um, The number to call if you have a question about dreams or about shamanism or lawyerism or how to blend those two things together or how to get the wolves within you to stop biting each other, the number to call is 816-251-3555. Again, 816-251-3555. And make sure to listen to archives of this show on here on Unity Online Radio um, on the Ask Dr. Dream show. If you've missed any of the shows, we've got, I just, I don't know if people are, people know about all these archives. They're so awesome. Anywho, um, so we've got all kinds of announcements, but we'll tell you about those things later. I want to start with this little prayer because now that I'm out, I used to, once upon a time, I used to have to hide my prayers and meditation and spiritual work, but now I can wave my freak flag with pride and I could just pray right in front of all y'all. So, so just join me for a quick moment in just taking a big deep breath Ah, and letting go, letting go, letting go with every exhale of anything you're holding on to that you don't want to hold on to no more. Drop it like it's hot. Let go, let go, let go with every out breath throughout this whole time that we have together. Dedicate every exhale to letting go and giving it to the mother, giving it to the big mother earth that knows how to alchemize the stuff that we don't want and don't want to carry. She knows how to transform all that stuff, so don't carry it. So every brand new breath that you breathe in, let it be a big breath of brand new, inspired love, intelligence. Open yourself up to the highest, wisest, most loving, most brilliant energy as if we're all on a radio dial. And my sister Shannon likes to call it the vibration stations. So let's attune to the highest vibration station. Why not? Because we can. So with every new breath we take, let's breathe that vibration station into ourselves. Let's allow ourselves to become filled and flooded with infinite love, permeating our cells, our bones, our marrow, our atoms, our thoughts, our deeds, our words, everything that moves from us and through us today has a ripple effect of love, uplifting everyone we see, touch, and encounter beyond this day on into infinity. As we are lifted, we know that ultimately all are lifted. So with this, I say thank you so much for being here. Thank you, God, for all these miracles. And thank you, Unity Online Radio, Jeff and Louie and Diane Ray and all the beautiful souls behind the scenes for doing so much to bring this moment to you all. And so it is. Amen. A woman. Ah, dreams. And ah, Nancy T. Hello, Nancy T., my wonderful partner in shine. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Awesome. As a possum. Actually, so much better than last week. (laughs) (laughs) It could only go up. (laughs) It could only go up. (laughs) it's so true melinda carver was the perfect guest to have on last week it was all about those like how to i don't know what did she what was it called how to uh, i don't know it was it was about positivity and 
yeah. getting yourself injected with some serious positivity. It was good. If you're having a rough day, go back and listen to my, my, my show from last week. Anywho. So before we get started with Jeff Cohen, Nancy T, did you pull a card as a theme for the show today? I sure did. And What'd you get? It's, What'd card you get? <laughs> it's card. Oh, wait, it's a card from what deck? We always have to say, oh, well, what deck it's it from is. the hero's journey dream oracle people. And oh, well. <laughs> it is card number 18 Knights of the round table. Let oh, their perfect. love lift you higher, which is interesting because you and I were talking about other people supporting us in our, pre our pre-shows. So yes, here we go. Yes, yes. Here's the quote, and it's from Denzel Washington of all people. It says, mm. show me a successful individual and I'll show you someone who didn't want for positive influences in his or her life. I don't care who you are or what you do for a living. If you do it well, I'm betting there was someone cheering you on and showing you the way. Hmm. Okay, so the message is, envision the people you most admire, now and throughout history, seated at a round table with you, and your life as their sole focus. Allow your personal knights of the round table to offer guidance on your current circumstance, goals, and aspirations. Lean on their strength, knowing it's a sign of courage, not weakness, to be buoyed by visible and invisible ones who love you. Feel the unique way they infuse you with a direct transmission of wisdom from on high. Marinate in their individual and collective brilliance. Allow yourself to feel sense and see genius gently yet powerfully wrap itself around you, lifting you higher than you could ever do on your own. And the dream symbol is guide. Dreams of a guide, life coach, guru, or leader of any kind signify that you are connecting with the way the way shower the way shower oh sorry the way, way shower, shower not the course. way shower well i mean it <laughs> could be a, a totally shower, different interpretation with, <laughs> with the way shower within you everyone in your dreams is you so dreaming of a guide brings a direct infusion of insight clarity and wisdom that's more powerful than any external source could provide so honor this dream by taking concrete action in the waking world your dream guide comes to inspire and assist you on your hero's journey and the mantra is with my personal nights by my side i am protected loved lifted and carried bam Bam. Take that. Drop that mic. Give me an Awanestica. Nancy has spoken. <laughs> that was awesome. Nancy, I love the way you read those. And that you picked the perfect card for today. Is there's in the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle deck, a lot of the symbols are, I mean, it's it's for heroes and sheroes alike. But some people say, oh, there's so many feminine cards. It's not a, there's not enough masculine in it. I've heard that said, but this is one of the most masculine cards. Mm -hmm in the deck and it happens to be on a day when we're interviewing Jeff L. Cohen, the author of The Wolf That Wins. And he this is his book is A Man's Journey to Manhood. So this is kind of a manly man kind of a day. So and he is a guide and he became a guide because he allowed himself to be guided by other men that he considered big brothers or father figures along the path. So I am that that you couldn't have picked a better card, Nance. You're so in tune. Okay. Yay. So with, without further ado, let me just, I mean, I'm just going to bring this dude on. He is amazing. And I mentioned in our pre-show on Facebook Live, and if you want to listen to that or watch that video, it's a little crazy and it's a little wild. It's um, on my Kelly Sullivan Walden, Kelly Sullivan Walden Dr. Dream Facebook page with Nancy T. Anyway, um, we were talking about how Jeff, once upon a time, I mean, it was like this struggle. He struggled. He's He looks like if you saw him today, you just go, oh, my God, this is just like the perfect guy. And he's had a perfect life and he's never had a bad day. And yet his book is very candid about his personal struggles and becoming like, who am I? And being kind of rebellious and and don't tell me what to do and and that kind of thing. And eventually becoming a lawyer which was kind of like, I'm going to be the good guy. I'm going to take care of everybody. And and then screw this, this sucks. And then becoming a shaman, going off to Peru and studying with shamans and then finding his way back. So I think he can tell it better than we can. Jeff L. Cohen, welcome so much to the Ask Dr. Dream show here on Unity Online Radio. Welcome. Hi. Hi, you too. Hi. 
We're so excited. Okay, so first of all, Jeff, the title, The Wolf That Wins, this is mm-hmm. this is an intense title with this beautiful wolf that's staring at you from the cover of the book. Why did you pick this title, The Wolf That Wins? You know, there was it, it's one of those stories. I think it's uh pretty well worn um uh, about this story between an old fella in, in a tribe, I think it was Cherokee tribe, and a young guy. And the young guy's asking the old guy, tell me about human beings. And the older fellow says, well, within each person, there's two wolves. One of them is jealous and angry and afraid and aggressive. and The other one's really peaceful and loving and generous. And the older fellow continues and he says, well, you know, they fight. They fight each other. And the young guy thinks about it for a minute. He says, well, which one wins? And the older fellow says, well, the one you feed. So I found that story later in life. And uh, like I found everything much later. You you probably have Mm -hmm. people on your show that, Mm -hmm. you know, they knew from a really early age there was something really special and unique and gifted about them. Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not one of those guys. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I had to like go to a lot of places and find anything of value and anything of value that I could grab or possess or that I had access to. And that this is one of the stories that I found probably in my late 30s or early 40s, and I just loved it. And it became a terrific guide. And when I was stringing these uh, stories together and finding the book and all these stories that, Kelly, you helped me uh, – pull out mm. i i kind of saw the trend and it was like oh th- this is me feeding a wolf that i became aware of and mm. doing that over a long period of time to the point where i had a bunch of stories that i thought would be helpful for other people so. and they so are and um and I've been excited about this book to come out so I could give it to a bunch of people in my world, especially all, I mean, not, this book isn't just for men. This book is for anybody who's, I think anybody who's on a conscious spiritual path that, or anybody who wants to figure out how to blend their spirituality into their business or anybody who just wants an inspirational read, but especially for the, for the young men that I know in my life, I think this book is so essential because there's some, I mean, you're very candid about being lost and and really feeling cut adrift feeling like uh, god what a, i mean i love the way you talk about oh my god i just love you so much i mean so let me just tell let me just paint this picture so jeff jeff works out like often so he looks like he works out he's strong he's buff he's muscular he looks confident self-assured you would never in a million years have thought that he was a wimp but can you just just for fun talk about your days playing football and and all that <laughs> Your asthma. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. just funny to me. I mean, you know, both my physical <laughs> ability and my physical willingness to live this life and, and my confidence is really typified by this. I'm eight, nine, ten years old, and I'm playing football, Little League, and part of it involves, of course, practice. And here I am with my <laughs> flat feet and my glasses running around a field and, and can't see anybody that ran with me because they're freaking done. Okay. And I'm still going. And about midway through the field, my dad reaches over and hands me something that I can use to complete the lap that everybody's completed by now. And that is an asthma inhaler. Cause I have freaking asthma and I could barely walk around the field, let alone, let alone sprint around it. But, that kind of typifies um, everything, my self-esteem, my self-confidence, my willingness to even get in the game of life at that age. So, mm-hmm. But it's a funny story. Oh I don't gosh, mean I to laugh. I thought you were going to say he handed you a bike. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Thinking that no. would be great. I couldn't, <laughs> I, couldn't breathe. He, he, I couldn't even breathe, so he helped me breathe. <laughs> well, that's even I think better. there's... 
<laughs> right. And I'm, <laughs> my mom has asthma. And I know a lot of people that I love with asthma. I don't mean to laugh. I just, oh. if you saw who Jeff is today, like it's just, you've transformed every part of your life. I mean, there is yeah. no part of you that doesn't shriek of damn, this guy has, he's got the life. He's got the beautiful wife, the beautiful home, the thriving practice. You get to travel, you contribute to people's lives. You've got a strong circle of male friends that you contribute to. It's like, there's nothing in your service. You, I mean, you like, there's nothing left out. So to me, knowing that that's the punchline of this story, it, we can then laugh <laughs> At, at at your like the moments of you completely screwing up and one of my best friends has a son that has struggled and I and I keep telling her you got to read this book and you got to have your son read this book because it gives you a perspective of what's possible to come out of this the way somebody's struggling right now is not necessarily indicative of who they're going to end up as as a, as a compassionate powerful adult so what do you say to your friends who've got kids and that, that are struggling? You know, I, I, I usually ask them to kind of rethink it. You know, uh, mm. parents, you know, I've got three kids and I know what it's like to be a parent yeah. and see your kids as they go through their lives. And a really common perception is, oh, my God, they're struggling or they're suffering or they're in pain. Mm -hmm. And we tend to focus on that, which really inspires us to kind of reach in and make it better, and which is a really loving and generous response, and, and I honor it. But it, it's kind of it's kind of off base because the perception of struggling and suffering is one way to look at it, but there are other ways to look at when your kid is going through what your kid is going through, and. Um, those things include, no, they're facing challenges. And it's only in the face of challenges that we find out what we are or what we can be. So this is part of the life cycle, the human life cycle. And, and part of it involves, for all of us, in a predictable kind of arc, learning over a period of time, experiencing ourselves in a really negative light for a long period of time and what we can't do and what we don't deserve and what we aren't and how we're failing and, and, and how if we choose to go into growth mode, into learning mode, how we mm. can find out that the first part of our lives is really teaching us what yes. we're not. And I don't uh. know another way to find out what yeah. we are, or what I am, or what I could be without also experiencing in a very interactive and vibrant way what I'm not. Mm. So, I, so I think like... I... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, Jeff, go. You're the one we want to hear, not me. Yeah, I, yeah I was just, just <laughs> going to say that, you know, I, I think the real key for us parents in, 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 in uh, raising kids is to look at that struggle, look at that challenge and ask ourselves, how can I help my kid use this? Not how can I help my kid avoid this, not mm. how is my kid in danger, but if we looked at life as a collaboration between us, that we're part of this life and it's communicating, it's collaborating, it's inviting, the question is, can you help your kid find the gift? Mm, that's powerful. So the voice that we're listening to is Jeff L. Cohen. He's the author of The Wolf That Wins, One Man's Journey to Manhood. It's doing really well on Amazon. It's, he's got the Kindle edition. He's got the paperback. It's beautiful with a big, beautiful wolf on the cover. And the wolves, by the way, have been such a synchronistic part of my dreams. I just know that's one more like affirmation of why we're connected. So if you've got a question for Jeff, the number to call is 816-251-3555. So we've got Denise from North Carolina. Denise, did you have a question for Jeff L. Cohen? What's on well, your heart today? Well, did he analyze dreams? I do, and Nancy T. and I do, and maybe Jeff will weigh in since he, he won't call himself a shaman, but I can call him a shaman, so I know he's got... He's got some wisdom when it comes to that. So hit us. What you got, Denise? 
Yeah, I've called before. Um, I just be dreaming up a storm. Okay, I had awesome. a dream last <laughs> night. Oh, okay. I just love to dream. I love to go to sleep just so I can dream. It's amazing. Oh, me ah. too. Isn't anyway, it? You know, I, yes. I love it. Anyway, mm. I had a dream last night, night before last. Um, my father lived in a, I don't know if I should say, well, okay, I, I, I had a dream. Say anything. That anything I went to go see my father. Okay. He lived in a place that had an elevator. I went okay. to the elevator. I pushed the button. It opens. I get on. I hit the fourth floor. Mm. It goes to the doggone seventh floor. Goes to the seventh <laughs> floor. Lady gets on. We go back down to the first floor. Go to the first <laughs> floor. Somebody gets on. I push four again, <laughs> and I believe it went to to three. And then I think, and of course, I hit four again. It, it, the dream is about that the elevator just wouldn't go to the doggone fourth floor. So then it finally <laughs> does go to the fourth floor. Yeah, I, I guess somebody already can analyze this without even finishing it. But anyway, I go to the fourth floor, and there's my father. And um, oh. I don't want to get I don't want to get emotional. Mm. Um, there's mm. my father, and he, um, he said, Denise, where's my money? And I said, what? where's your money? I don't have your. I don't have any money. He said, Denise, where is my money? I said, Daddy, I don't have your money or any money. I said, any money you ever gave me, I used it for whatever I used it for. And he just kept saying, where's his money? But he um, mm. he passed. He passed. Um, I don't mm. know about eleven or twelve years ago. And I just can't shake that man to save my soul. I just think about him all the time and. I don't know why mm. he'd be asking me for money because, you know, we didn't have that type of relationship. But there's some money out there that was never accounted for. I don't know if he's directly telling me to go look for this unfound money. I don't know. But mm. that is my heart. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe he was um he was asking me. So I looked in the dream books. I have a bunch of them. And I use that as a guide. And, of course, ascending mm-hmm. is good and going down. But, it, you know, I eventually got to the fourth floor. Seven is a good number because it cannot be divided. Mm-hmm. Um, one is a good number because it's the beginning. All mm-hmm. the numbers as far as the floors we were going, I was going to, yeah. were good yeah. floors. And yeah. that's it. I didn't mean to cry, but I just I just No, think, you Man. can cry here. You can cry. You can scream. You can wail. Whatever. All It's all good. I just don't think you can drop a lot of F-bombs but without them having to edit you. But other than that, you can you can do whatever. Oh, okay. okay. So, Did I do that? Yeah, you're perfect. So, Denise, I'm going to just – I'm going to quickly weigh in before we go to our break. And then and then Nancy and, and Jeff, I'd love to invite you to, to say something too. Um, I always think that it's, it's interesting when we get a dream – about a departed loved one and it's a disturbing one. I mean, we if we have a dream about a departed loved one, we like the ones where they give us some kind of advice or they show us how beautiful things are, but it's especially difficult when they're when they're acting a fool, when they're when they're acting petty. It's like we assume when somebody's on the other side, "Oh, honey, let it rip. Let it rip. Thank you so much. Uh, your tears are beautiful. Your tears are healing." They're, they're amniotic fluid. They're helping to heal. They're wonderful. Um, it's, it's difficult when they come through with an edge or with a bite. And so, A, it doesn't necessarily mean that this is literal, that this is literally him coming through your dreams asking you for money. I mean, sometimes these dreams can be literal. There might be something in there. There might be something past life. We don't know exactly. But I, I prefer to look at the dream symbolically and I feel like that's where we have the power. So everyone, I believe, is everyone and everything in our dream is an aspect of ourselves. So it would be the father aspect asking me for money. And it almost sounds like he was accusing you of spending money that was his. Is that right? Like exactly. that didn't belong to exactly. you. So, you know, earlier, Nancy and I were talking in our Facebook Live pre-show, we were talking about boundaries and how this one thing that Brene Brown discovered about compassionate people, the most compassionate people have the strongest boundaries and how there's something about like holding on to what's yours in order to be generous with what you have to give. So somebody saying, where's my money? It feels like they're, if this was my dream, if it were my dream, I'd say this is the father aspect of me 
putting a, like saying to the daughter aspect of me, normally the father is supposed mm. to be generous to the daughter, but this would be the father saying the father aspect of me, which is the masculine part of me that is benevolent and takes care, but I can only take care of that which I have. I can't take care of that which is slipping through my fingers. So I, I like that you said, um, maybe he's telling me that there's money somewhere and I don't know about it. So I like that question. But to me, I feel like there's, it's the part of me that maybe doesn't have boundaries, that gives too much, that's saying, I need to watch out where I'm giving and it's slipping through my fingers to the people that I'm giving to. So are you, I you sound that. to me like an yes. open-hearted, generous person. Is there? Yes. I know, don't have any like, kids. So everybody, yeah, uh, I'm the bank. Everyone comes to you. I'm ah, the you're the bank. Okay. So I'm where's the, the money? So, all right. Well then to me, this dream is about you holding on. Like it's okay. Compassion isn't compassion unless there's some left over for you. So um, Nancy T, do you want to weigh in here? And then Jeff will give you the mic. Nancy T, any thoughts oh, for you? Oh, wow. Um, we, I think we have like 30 seconds. I, it was interesting. But then we'll come back over was, the, after the, we'll Yeah, when she after. was telling me, um, when she was saying that we were on this floor, then this floor, then this floor, it reminded me of a lottery number. You know, it's like, this is the yeah. first number or this is, and it reminded me of that. And then it became about money. And she, she said in her telling this story, you were, you were saying, Denise, that you just can't shake him. He's been gone for so long. And I don't think yes. that's ever the point. I feel like okay. the point is that he is there. He's, he's been on every floor that you land on and he's, he's right. there Ooh. with money. And it's, it's mm. almost like, it's just kind of showing you in, in its own ways. There's like pennies from heaven. He's there mm. with abundance of love. And, and, and I feel like the money in this case represents that, you know, where's, where's the love and I've got the love and you've got the love. And do you love yourself enough? Are you giving enough to you? I, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the conversation Kelly and I just had, but, but something about being that you are the bank, that you consider yourself a person that gives out so often that maybe he's saying, wait a minute you're my girl where's like where's the money not meaning his but where's yours right. where's your goals you're listening to unity online radio the voice of an awakening world Dream interpretation and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden. He said that he's enjoying the listening. He's he's wow. he's taking it all in. And that's I think also a wise man can just sit back and behold right. and hold the space and beam love in this direction. I think Jeff as a father figure mm -hmm. he probably mm -hmm. you know it's i think it's kind of interesting that we've got jeff who's who definitely is stand we have a this is a pretty darn feminine show i must say and it's not just for <laughs> women but today we're making up for lost time so this is this With is jeff. kind of like it's all you jeff no pressure it's all jeff exactly <laughs> so i imagine yeah. So Denise, I think, and I love that Nancy was bringing up the different floors and the fluctuating yes. and what the numbers stand for and that your dad is always there um, no matter what. And, um, and I think, you know, in, in dreams an elevator to me is symbolic of wanting to elevate a desire to rise to a higher place. And I think that it's that we, when things go down, it's like, Oh man, it's like a bummer. It's like we're. It's like depression. It's it's going into Ooh. a lower frequency, and then higher and, um, and, and I think that it's interesting that the number four is such a significant thing. I have I have a particular my my whole numerology comes down to the number four, and I know the four is about being balanced in in like the heaven on earth. It's very much a bridge between Ooh. between realms. So I like yes. the four and I think your dad, ultimately his higher self is for you, not against you. So um, any last thing, Nancy or Jeff, you feel like saying to Denise? Um, I think I would say, you know, when it comes to, uh, this is a Byron Katieism, but when it comes to people <laughs> right. that, because, you know, I have to throw that in. Um, well, every we time we, we think that we've, we've lost someone, if you can close your eyes and you can hear their voice or you can see them, 
or you can remember what they've said or any of that, they're still with you. And so just to hold that close to your heart because he's there. Awesome. You know what? I have one thing I want to ask Jeff L. Cohen. You say, you talk in your book about some of the things that you've learned from the shamans. And I know one of the things, I love it when you use the shamanic, like the language, the, there's like a word called hucha and then there's Sami and how, how do you work with somebody who's feeling like there's some negativity? Isn't there some ways that you can work with the hucha and then replace it with Sami? What do you suggest? Well, I, I don't know if you can hear me. Yes, can you hear you're me on. Right. Okay, cool. yes. I'm getting a uh, an echo, so I'll try and uh, ignore it. Ooh, um, we don't hear it. We don't hear it at all on this side. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a balance between being where somebody is and if they're in um, a heavy place, just, you know, being there with them. And then there's a moment where it makes sense to help them shift. You know, and I try to discern the difference. And uh, sometimes the best thing I could do is just be there with somebody while they're in in the depth of a moment. Mm. Sometimes it makes sense to uh, help them shift by doing something very simple, like just walking or moving. Mm. So, it really depends. You know, I, I don't think Hello? there's a formula to follow there. Denise, are you still there? I wasn't. I somehow know that y'all disconnected, and I just called back. Okay, good. And Jeff, your your microphone's gotten a little bit wonky. It, it seems to come in and out yeah. of clarity. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Enough of that hucha. Coming back into clarity. <laughs> Coming back into the high vibration station. So yeah, I like what you're saying. Sometimes you can you can you can do like just listening to somebody. That's huge. And then I think one of the, one of the most it. difficult things to do, uh, especially for somebody that I'm connected to, yes. is just to be where they are and uh, kind of do parallel play. Mm. You know, they, they're where they are. It's nothing for me to change, fix, or impact. They're finding their way and they're uh, learning where they're getting ready to. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. So one of the things the shamans taught me was the most difficult thing to do is nothing. Ooh. Oh, boy. So. Amen, brother. Yeah. Oh, and I love that. I love the quote, to the one who can most perfectly practice inaction, all things mm. are possible. I don't know who mm. said that, but. I like that quote. It's not mine, but that's good. That's good. Well, Denise, I hope this is helpful. Is this is it this is. landing anywhere with you? Um, that's a good question. The other lady, Nancy, I thought what she said was profound. Some of what she mm-hmm. said just kind of stuck to me. I don't know. She she seemed to reach me today. I don't know why. Mm, I'm so glad about. And the is part was about you. Nancy T. And yeah. about your dad being with you. He's always with you. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I was going to, he's on every floor, regardless mm. of what button I push. I like, I like how she said that. That was profound to me. Mm. Mm. And Nancy T., you can relate. You've got, I mean, your dad's on every floor, too. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, Denise, I can relate more, even more directly. My father, can you hear me? Yeah, you're Hello. perfect. Okay. Yeah, you. I. My dad passed Nancy? in 1998, and um, Kelly, he's gone. Oh, oh no, I gone? can hear her. She's she's recording. Maybe you can't hear her, but keep going, Nance, and then oh, you can come I back was, and listen in the archive, Denise. Go ahead. Oh yes, I okay. was saying that he's. Um, my dad's been passed in 1998. I'm, I'm with the caller because I can't hear Nancy either. You can't oh. hear either. So How David, and so. Okay, so I can hear. That's very okay. strange. So David, I don't know if David yeah. and Louie, what's going on? What's going on? Well, Nancy, keep going because you're on a roll here, and then I'll I'll translate to them. So you were t- saying that your dad was your dad passed in 1998. 
Yes, and he used to come back to me and me or Nancy. quite often. Okay, Nancy. okay, go ahead. And Nancy is talking right now, and she was talking about how her dad would come to her in dreams, and he passed away in 98. And often he was saying things that were not good, not kind, not ah. it's not warm at all. And, it, and they he would, would often me say, every time. So she's saying that he would say things that were not nice, not kind in these dreams that she would have of him. And it would be Ooh. disturbing to her. So keep going, Nance. So I guess my point is, is that, you know, I had to come to the conclusion that that wasn't him talking and that everyone ah. in the dream is me. And that was my perception mm. of his feelings about me. And all of that was just my own, Bravo. Um, mm. you know, all of my own okay. muck that was in my own mind. Okay. So Nancy's saying that at some point she had to realize that this, that this wasn't her father that was coming through in her dreams, that it was a, it was mm -hmm. an aspect of herself that was, it was her own um, negativity or criticism that was coming through the dreams that was, that was really hurting her. So, um, so that, and that start, that shifted it so she could start yeah. to deal with herself. And I always think that this is the most empowered position we can take, that everyone is within us because we can't do something about somebody outside ourselves, but we can deal with an aspect of our own self-criticism or our own self-loathing or our own self-love. And so we can own that and wrap our arms around that and, and tend to that as opposed to thinking that there's someone outside of us that that's really wanting to hurt us. If anybody, I think this is true, and this is also a Byron Katieism, everyone loves us even if they don't know it yet, they are in love with us. They love us. Everyone does past, present, future. They just might not know it yet. So on that note, Denise, thank you so much for calling in and calling back in with such a powerful dream. And I hope this tends to the garden of your heart. And I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank honey. you. I appreciate you. You're welcome. Okay. So Jeff, are you still there? I am. I can't hear okay. Nancy and I've got a, and I got a, echo but uh, I think I can it's very strange so David um, yeah. we have a David the intern who's helping he's filling in so I don't know what's going on but I can hear you great Jeff you're now coming in Good. loud and clear so so give us a little because I know there's a lot of people that are on a spiritual path that are listening to this show and um, I, I'm just remembering when I was like kind of honest, like learning about spirituality. I was working in a restaurant as the hostess slash maitre d' and I was trying so hard to, I would bring my affirmations and some of my spiritual books in and I would try to bless the restaurant, bring in a little sage, a little crystal to make my workstation good. And every once in a while, my boss would find it and say, what is all this hocus pocus that you're bringing in here? But so how do you blend the things that you learned in your shaman shamanic training how what are some of the ways that you use that as a as a lawyer um do you tell your clients how do you do it yeah i try to be invisible ah, <laughs> so, nice you know a lot when i was younger and i was being exposed to uh spiritual things quote unquote mm -hmm. i they were fascinating, and they were kind of self-obsessing, and they were kind of enjoyable. And over time, I, I just found them to be distracting. Mm. And what I noticed was I'd gotten changed, and I was able to be more of service to people without thinking about it and without paying attention to the details. And um, that became... Uh, a more automatic kind of path and passion for me is like, how can I be of service now? How can I give what's been given to me? And um, then I didn't have to think about the right words or the, the right, you know, my mind was so involved in all of that when I got exposed to quote, spiritual things uh, earlier on. And, uh, I found it to be fascinating and distracting. And then over a period of time, I found ways to communicate with people that I thought were uh, would be really helpful for them using words and ways of connecting with them that they found meaningful instead of, you know, imposing um, tools or words or a language or a framework. I could find their framework. I could work in their framework. 
I could deliver value and care for them. And, and that just became natural for me. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. So this isn't, this is, oh, Nancy, your Skype is muted. So unmute yourself. Um, and we had somebody that called in, by the way, for Denise telling her that there was to check, um, to Google unfound money or something. So that, that might be helpful to you with regards to the dream that you had about your father. But I love what you're saying, Jeff, about how I think in a, in an early stage of spiritual growth and development, we think that the words and the prayer beads and, and the particular way that we light candles and whatever order it's so important, but ultimately it's just about being a space that is of service. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I love that. And so most people think of lawyers. Let's just go there. Let's just address mm-hmm. the little elephant. Most people don't think of lawyers as being the cream of the crop, most spiritual people on the planet. There's the stigma, mm-hmm. even like the Jim Carrey movie, it was liar, liar. <laughs> it was a lawyer, lawyer. And yeah. and yet you, and so people think of lawyers as out to get the money, out to take what they can. And yet we need lawyers. Oh my God, we, we must have them. We need good lawyers. And you're able to bring your spirituality, your, your, your spirit, your um, spirit that is of service. And how do you do this? And how, how do you survive yeah, among a, the other people? It's a great, it's a great question. And I, so I, I imagine it's a question that we all ask as we get, we kind of change through a frame, a part of life where we want to love people more and be of, greater value in other people's lives and kind of take the absorbed focus off ourselves and deliver value in our lives, which I think is kind of part of the human arc of development. And I, you know, there was a time when I was a lawyer and I was getting exposed to uh, shamanic uh, teachings and I was having these travels and all this. And I couldn't reconcile the two. I'm like a lawyer on Thursday, but on Friday I'm a shaman, and I, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't really uh, there were there was a split there. There was this kind of schism, and what I and, and I would ask myself early on, well, when am I going to have to quit law so I can do this spiritual stuff? And uh, what I didn't understand at the time, but I came to understand, was that they were the same thing. That being mm. a lawyer being a human being that is just, you know, interested and curious and wants to experience the totality of life and other human beings and myself, um, they're not differentiated. They're not separate. It's the same thing. And so I found a way to be a lawyer and a human being at the same mm. time. Mm. That's and so beautiful. when I... And when I serve as a as a lawyer in a role as a lawyer, it's no different than serving in my role as a, as a dad or as a husband or as a friend or as a man or a brother. Um, it, there, it, it, you know, it isn't. It doesn't require a lot of thought. It doesn't require a lot of self consciousness. It's just really, you know, um, it's just given what I got. It's just given what I got. I love it. Can you share about the the story about when you were on the beach that day and the clouds were speaking to you? This is when your 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 shaman teacher tells you to go to the beach every day and you're doing everything he says and can you just kind of bring us into this story? I remember feeling incredibly empowered by this story. Is this the one? I have a lot of beach stories because I yeah. love it, and it's a mile from my house. Is this the one where I first started learning, or is this the yeah. one where my orientation got totally changed? To I don't uh, know if you can tell them. Tell both, whichever yeah. you feel most well, I mean, to the, do. Yeah, yeah, those are good points. I mean, you know, when I first started, I I met this guy, and he was a very interesting guy, and um, and and he said he was a shaman and I'd never heard of that before and mm. and my you know the th- the voice in my head of which I had many at the time was uh you know like what is it shaman or shaman you know how do you pronounce it <laughs> what what exactly is that and he would talk about energy sometimes and I just kept thinking about like a light socket like what <laughs> what exactly is he talking about 
anyway, so I it was literally I think the first maybe second class that I attended with the guy, and he said, "Well, I'll, you know, I'll do a weekend class, and you you know some people can come." So I went to the beach, and uh, like I often did at sunrise, and I didn't have any real spiritual background or training or exposure, and and as I sat on the beach, um, I just felt after a long journey of trying to relieve myself of this incredibly self-critical critical voice, this mean self-critical voice that I was acutely aware of. I sat on the beach, and there I am at sunrise, the only guy out there, and I just felt oppressed by this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember seeing uh, this cloud and this storm start to form, and and lightning start to happen. And so I felt this uh, sense of I should probably get off the beach. I'm a little scared. I probably should get up. And in that moment where I was just getting exposed to something called shamanism, I felt this uh, experience of resignation. I said, you know, to hell with it. I I don't care if I get killed here because Mm -hmm. I can't continue to live in this state of suffering that I've been experiencing my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I just plopped back down on the sand and, uh, and accepted that, okay, that my, you know, maybe I'll get hit by lightning and maybe that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in the moment I literally saw this cloud that looked like a really frightening gargoyle face. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not one to interpret dreams or to look or have visions, and I wasn't. And I sat there and I watched this cloud as I sat down in the state of kind of resignation that I was in and exhaustion with myself. And that thing turned into this uh, beautiful enveloping thing, this shape and the form. And... uh I wandered off the beach slowly, and I wondered what what just happened. I didn't know mm. I didn't know whether it was real or what that experience was. And uh, and mm. I told this uh, wow. shaman teacher at lunch because I had this experience in my mind. It was kind of distracting. And I remember asking him. I said, you know, I, I had this weird experience this morning. And I told him, and he looked at me with this kind of wise, knowing look, and he said, Odorongo, Jaguar. Mm. And I had no idea what he talked about, but what he meant. But I knew that he'd seen some significance in that event that I didn't understand. So that was the first mm. exposure to this, this teaching. And what, and, what did and you what learn is... And and it became, you know, what I didn't know is that it was going to uh, completely change my life and give me a new life. Wow. And what did you learn about the Jaguar, about Otorongo or Otorongo? Otorongo. That it's a transformative, very powerful, transforming, mulching, energetic presence that it comes in and it transforms and it it, uh, does something called Mikwe. Mikwe is the hucha the dense energy that we create, not bad energy, but just we all create dense energy. And it mequays it. It it mulches it and and gives it Mm -hmm. to Pachamama, the earth, that feeds on it. As we create it, the earth feeds on it, and we have this kind of symbiotic, loving relationship. Mm, That is so powerful. Well, tell us the other beach story. Why not? Yeah. Let's hear. This is <laughs> the other beach story. Is it's interesting. I've never put these two together, but mm. so thanks for asking. But this yeah. is now. I don't know how many years later. Uh, it's probably I want to say four or five years later, and I'm no longer on a journey with that teacher, which uh, was about a three-year journey, and I begin to embark on a journey or have been on a journey with his teacher over, you know, Peru. He would come, come back and forth. So I'm maybe, I don't know, five years into having first been exposed. 
and I'm distraught because I uh, am at the end of a relationship that meant a lot to me, and I loved this woman, and that relationship is over, and I am at the beach to go grieve again. And it's uh, sunrise, and I'm at the beach, and I'm grieving, and and doing my thing, and and in a moment, I heard, understood, knew something that I'd never heard, knew or understood before, which was everything that's ever happened to me in life is a gift because I'm loved. Mm. And I no longer need to look to anyone or anything as a guide for what I'm doing in my life. And I, it, it, it changed my life. I, uh, up until that point, I was probably, I don't know, 42. I'd always looked for guidance and validation and approval from one, two, three, five, ten people outside myself. Mm. I didn't realize I was doing that. But right. I, that's how I was navigating life. Other human beings were my beacon. That's how I set it up. So I was constantly looking for approval and validation, even though I wouldn't use those words. And I walk off the beach, and it it all went away. It was removed, and I had now one beacon, and it wasn't another human being, and it wasn't outside myself. And that's the mm-hmm. one that guides me in everything. And oh there's only Jeff L. Cohen, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. His book is Thank The you. Wolf That Wins, One Man's Journey to Manhood. Thank you so much for your courage, for your candor, for your humor, for your wisdom. Thank you for going on this journey and for sharing it with us. Thank you, Nancy T., for being my awesome co-host today. Join Nancy T. and I and Teotihuacan. Go to my website, kellysullivanwalden.com, for details. Check out the Hero's Journey, Dream Oracle Cards, Journal, and Meditations. And until we meet again next week, don't take your dreams lying down. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you have an online course or an event or a book you'd like to promote? We've got the right audience for you. Our listeners love content like the show you just heard. You can reach our engaged audiences by advertising right here on mindbodyspirit.fm, the podcast network, in shows about wellness, self-care, spirituality, angels, and more. Contact info at mindbodyspirit.fm.